Hey there, I'm Abdullahi Karima Ayomide and this is my podcast. Yeah, I know I said it was going to take a while before the next episode comes out, but something interesting happened and I had to share. 30th July is the World's Day Against Human Trafficking. The Nigerian Medical Association's Human Trafficking Committee organized an outreach in commemoration to the World Day Against Trafficking in Persons. It was held on the 1st of August, which was on Sunday, and in Kakaki Conference Hall, Zaria City. The theme of the outreach was Victims' Voices Lead the Way. The outreach basically had to do with sensitization on trafficking in persons from the religious views, the laws against trafficking, and the effect of the act on the community. We had lawyers, religious and community leaders, and of course, doctors. Medical students were invited, so a lot of my classmates and I went. A bus from Shika came to pick us up at the school gate and we started the journey to Zaria City. Just before the Kakaki area is the Malamusa Square. It's this very large square with vast of land. <laughs> so we got there safely and the program kick-started. One amazing part of the event was that information was communicated to the people using the Hausa dialect, so you bet that everyone in attendance there understood what was said. The event ended around 1 p.m. and the community head took us around the area, showed us the community clinic, the secretariat and all. So apparently, Kakaki community is like a very large extended family. So everyone there were related to each other in one way or the other. And what was really impressive about this community was their unity. You could clearly see how united they are in terms of the way they speak and communicate to each other and how they came together to get things done. And then afterwards we took pictures and then we took a break to go pray and eat because we needed energy for the next part of the outreach. So yes, the next part of the outreach was free consultations. We were asked to bring stethoscopes and sphygmo manometers and some other basic essentials when coming. But since most of us were still in preclinicals, we did not have those. So our seniors in the clinical section brought theirs. The consultation was held in the same conference hall and the hall was literally divided into sections. Some part, you had medical students taking the blood pressure of people. On another part, measurements of weight, height, and body mass index were taken. On another part, random blood sugar and hemoglobin levels were taken. On yet another part, some medics were busy with data collection, and then there were others that joined the doctors in consulting and advising people based on what was on their form for basic information. So each of these parts had clinical medical students as the head since, of course, they were more exposed than us. And then the um, preclinical students attached themselves to any of the sections. So personally, I started with the blood pressure measurement. My guide was a clinical student whose name is Miriam. She explained that there are two methods of taking the blood pressure, the auscultatory method and the palpatory method. In the auscultatory method, you made use of a stethoscope and a sphygmo manometer. A sphygmo manometer is an instrument used to measure blood pressure. So you tie the cuff of the sphygmo manometer around the upper arm of the person, just tight enough to make sure that one of your fingers can fit in between because when you start pumping the instrument, it tightens around the arm. So after tying it, you place the diaphragm of the stethoscope around the cubital fossa that is around the elbow and you put the earpiece of the stethoscope in your ears to listen. Then you ensure that the bladder or the pump is closed and then you start pumping. The readings on the gauge will start increasing and then you can stop when it is say around 200 and then you slowly start to open the bladder and you can see that the hands on the gauge starts reducing. 
the first sound you hear is like a dub sound so you take note of the reading and then you wait to hear the second sound and also take note of it if you did not get a distinct sound you can inflate the bladder again until you do the first sound is the systole while the second sound is the diastole the range for normal blood pressure for the systole is 100 to 140 and for the diastole it is 60 to 90. If the systole is higher than 140 and the diastole is higher than 90, it is hypertension. And if the systole is lower than 100 and the diastole is lower than 60, it is hypotension. But then you can't say because you took the blood pressure of someone once and it is above 140, it means the person is hypertensive. No. For a patient to be diagnosed with hypertension, you must have taken the blood pressure at least three times within four hours in between to be sure. So as regards to hypotension, it is not exactly a disease. It could be caused by dehydration, emotional stress, reaction to heat, among others. Blood pressure is best measured in the early hours of the day for accuracy. The second method, which is the palpatory method, involves the use of the radial artery, which is found around the wrist. This method is used to find the systolic blood pressure only, which means that you can't use the palpatory method to find the diastolic, no. So you may or may not need a stethoscope for this method. So just like the first method, you wrap the cuff of the sphygmomanometer around the upper arm and you put your hand around the area of the radial artery to feel the pulse and then you start pumping until you can't feel the pulse anymore. Same routine as the first but when you get to around 30, you start to open the bladder slowly until you can feel the radial pulse again and that is the systolic. The unit of blood pressure is millimeter mercury. So that's it on blood pressure. And then I moved to the weight and height measurements part. And I assisted some old people in taking the, the measurement of their weights. I learned how to calculate the body mass index. So basically, the data or information you need to do this is the person's weight in kilograms and their height in meters. So you divide their weights by the square of their height. So let's say the person's weight is 67 kg and their height is 1.68 meters. You have 67 kg divided by the square of 1.6 meters to get the body mass index. The normal range for the body mass index is 18.5 to 24.9. If it is lower than 18.5, the person is underweight. And if it is higher than 25, the person is overweight. The unit of the body mass index is kilogram per meter square. So after I learned this, I went to the section where the level of blood sugar and hemoglobin level were taken. So basically, there are two ways of taking the blood sugar level. You have the random blood sugar or RBS for short and the fasting blood sugar or FBS. The random blood sugar method is taken after the patient has eaten and can be taken at any time of the day. The range for this is 3 to 8.3 millimole per liter. If the level is below 3, it is hypoglycemia and if it is above 8.3 it is hyperglycemia according to the world health organization using this method for a patient to be diagnosed with diabetes their blood sugar level must be above 11 and the test must have been taken twice the second method which is the fasting blood sugar is usually taken in the early hours of the day when the patient has not eaten anything at all the range for this is a little different from the other one it is 2.5 to 6.5 millimole per liter and just like the previous one if it is below 2.5 it is hypoglycemia and if it is above 6.5 it is hyperglycemia
So using this method to diagnose diabetes, the level must be above 7.0 and the test must have been taken twice also. The diagnosis of diabetes is not limited to this test. There are other symptoms such as excess hunger or tests among others. And finally, I went to the data collection part. This part is easy. You take the field form that contains necessary information about a patient, such as their bio, weight, height, body mass index, hemoglobin level, and all other basics, and you basically input this information into the device you are given by the doctors. An app called Open Data Kit, or ODK for short, is used for this. The only part I did not really learn anything from was the consultation part, where you advise patients on how to improve their lifestyles and health. We left Kakaki around 4 p.m. The coordinators of the event were nice enough to provide food and snacks for us. <laughs> now don't try pass because we all know food is bae. So we are brought back to school and that was it. I hope I did not bore and overwhelm you in this episode. So my dear listeners, until the next episode, be good, stay safe and happy, and bye-bye from your favorite podcast girl.